Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. Sports Travel for sports fans by sports fans. And no, we haven't piped in special effects to make it sound like we're in the pub. <laughs> we're actually in the pub. Now that we know that this works and the quality is going to come out quite high, there might be a few more pub pods. I, I think that's a very high possibility. Uh, we are sitting opposite uh, St Pancras Station in an O'Neill's. Ollie Hunter has just bought me a Guinness. Cheers. Thank Chin. you very much, sir. Get the clink sound in. Come on. It's a crap clink sound, actually, yeah, isn't it? it? Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a heavy drink. Yeah, yeah, heavy drink. We'll drink, drink a bit more and then, yeah. then come back to the clink. Or just get him another one in a mm. bit. And uh, the reason why we're here is we've just been to the fan forum, and we'll talk about that a lot later. It was in King's Cross. I would say, I don't know, two, three, 200 people, 300 people there. I actually did a, a kind of head count. It was about 350. Oh, there we go. There we go. So we've had a great time uh, and we thought, what shall we do? Shall we go back to the studio and pod or use the stuff, the, the uh, technology we have? Plus we fancied a beer. So, uh, this <laughs> so the, same, we are. the same technology that earlier today Andrew Luck was speaking into this very microphone I have in my hand. Oh, so what? I've got your one. <laughs> Alistair Kirkwood what have you was done speaking that? into the very microphone oh, that's in your hand. Man. So coming up on the show we will have an exclusive... Uh, 10-15 minute interview with Andrew Luck that oh. I conducted earlier today why wasn't I there? because you were at work oh yeah yeah they gave us a very specific time <laughs> yeah, and fine, you couldn't fine. do it okay uh, and also uh, head of NFL UK um, uh, Alistair Kirkwood and the reason I mean we spoke to we speak to Alistair kind of around this time every year anyway uh, when they have these events but this week Andrew Luck today then, t- uh, then uh, uh, tomorrow night there's a fan night that has uh, another I think it's 12 players in total including because they also have uh, Odell Beckham coming over next week he's not doing fan stuff yeah. sadly but we're going to get a chance to sit down with him they also had did you see this on Twitter Melvin Gordon was in London over the weekend the Chargers running back and on Sunday evening he went bowling with a bunch of Chargers UK fans you are kidding at the me. Bloomsbury Bowl Lanes where why we hold was, our Super Bowl party why wasn't I invited to that because well, despite being the man who picks every Chargers pick correct you, uh, you weren't invited. Well, that's fair enough. I was in Taunton anyway. I had a, had a great time on my cricket tour, by the way. I loved the photo of you on your cricket tour because it, it looked great. like the most typical pub village cricket team, and it was amazing. We've got a guy who I would say is maybe the same stature as you. <laughs> uh, we make him feel right out on the boundary because... We can make him run a lot. The way he throws it, throws the ball back in, because he can't throw very well, he sort of bowls it windmill style Just, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny um, we've got a guy who had a I big I feel like I could play on your cricket team all of I a would sudden. like you to play on my cricket team that would be very funny I'm terrible you'd fit right in <laughs> uh, we, we've, we, we had a guy called Lou who's Australian and he's got a massive beard big ginger beard with the same follically challengeness that I have excellent um, but he shaved off his beard and for the cricket fans out there he shaved it in the Merv Hughes style. Amazing. So proper, proper handlebars, all of this. It was very, very funny. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> just take it away. The, the I, love, I love that he's just been okay with us sitting here <laughs> he's, recording. He's fine. By just, the way, the Merv Hughes, the beard, anything else. Guinness is a dangerous drink for when you've got a beard. Because every time oh. I go for a sip of this... It's like I'm drinking a foam latte, which I've never drank in my life before. <laughs> well, the thing is, Lou... I've a lot more Guinness than I have foamy lattes, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm glad you have. Uh, he, kept, he kept stealing my beard, uh, my beard, my, uh, my pint, and doing exactly what you've just done, 
given a faux moustache. So, were you the only one drinking Guinness? Because that's normally the case. Yes, it was. It was the case. I, I'm getting a photo of Ollie with his Guinness to tweet out from our account, and I was expecting him to do the same with mine, and we'll do a side by side. My camera is so crap on my phone. Oh yeah, we've got to get the tash in. It's not a very good tash, but uh, excellent. There we go. See, this is really riveting pod listening. Uh, we only had a few questions in this week. I don't know why. Last week we had like the, some of the most questions we've ever had. But uh, do you think? Hold on, sip. Uh, how do you take a picture with this? Oh, maybe this. it's because we're talking about the AFC South today, and it's not a division that people love. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Do you think it's because of Crunchygate? Well, that's one of the questions we've had from two separate people. One person asked us, uh, "What have you replaced the Crunchy with, Ollie?" And someone else has asked, "What uh, chocolate bar are you going to ruin for us this week?" Crunchygate is a real thing. <laughs> I mean, I think we've had more response to something we've said on a podcast <laughs> yeah. about that frigging Crunchy than we have than anything else. Uh, I will answer both. I haven't replaced Crunchy with anything else. I don't really like milk chocolate. Maybe dark chocolate. I've gone really into my dark chocolate. So that could be what... Don't say really into my dark chocolate. It makes you sound incredibly pretentious. Maybe, yes. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I had a lion bar the other day for the first time in probably a solid ten years. And it was not only that, but it was at the vending machine. So the caramel had gone really hard inside. It was delightful. Oh, I think... uh, Maybe milk chocolate is only good when it's really cold. I'm a big fan of all of that. Uh, I'm nodding on a podcast. After three years of doing this, <laughs> I've realised nodding doesn't help. I also don't like... We're sat sort of opposite each other. Normally, there's a good 10 to 15 feet away I'm distance. I'm staring deep into your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I, I, I'm finding it, it rather off-putting. All right, I'll face out and I'll look out yeah, into the phone. So uh, that's why I'm not totally... Look at me. Come I'm on. trying to see if there are any attractive people in here, but um, uh, maybe the girl who sat nearest us, but I can't yeah, tell. Yeah. That's the problem, because she's facing the other way. So, maybe, but... Uh, oh, the girl outside, actually. Stop it. Right, podcast. <laughs> calm, so, your, calm it down. So, coming up, we'll hear from Andrew Luck. We'll also hear from Alistair Kirkwood. And I was saying the reason uh, we always speak to Alistair around this time of year, and it's an interesting chat, but um, NFLUKgirl.com, Liz Fox, who runs that website, uh, she sent an email to him uh, a while ago, and... Uh, expressing some concerns and raising some issues that fans were having in the UK and uh, he responded and then had a telephone call with her which she's transcribed and put on her website we tweeted out the link to it this morning okay, uh, and it was fascinating a headline? Um, the two big headlines were why wouldn't you play a game outside of London Okay, and he went into that in some serious depth and he does a little bit with us when we, when we talk to him um, but it's worth going and reading the blog. I want people to go and read Liz's yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying. It's great to see someone else from the community. I know there's lots of people from the community doing their own work. It's a great growing to see her community doing it. as well, which we is great. It. We absolutely yeah, yeah. love it. I need to leave that there. Um, but also the fact that uh, what they do for the game. So is there going to be a fan rally this year? What are they planning for it with the extra stadium? What impact do the smaller stadiums have? All of that sort of stuff is in there as well. So. Yeah, loads, loads of content. And so we talked to him about that, about why he felt he should do that. And then also, well, I mean, we'll play it towards the end of the podcast. Let's, Alistair Kirkwood, that'll be coming up a little bit later on. Always fascinating hearing from him. Uh, Ollie, before we go on to the news, and I printed off all of the news. Fantastic. To make sure that uh, we had it in front of us in case electronic devices didn't work. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? I mean, no, not really. I, 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 crunchy gate, I've, I've done. Uh, cricket. Like you've not apologised. You've just talked about it. Well, look, people knew what was going to happen. 
I did preface it with this is the worst story you'll ever hear. <laughs> and people have agreed. <laughs> people in their droves have uh, utterly agreed. Finn Troopers on Twitter literally went to the extent of taking a photo of a crunchy and saying, I was looking forward to this. Not anymore. Have you had a crunchy since? Uh, no. <laughs> Were you going to I have I finished one? off that crunchy that I was eating during the podcast. But uh, I did the next morning whilst dressing think about the story and nearly throw up on myself like I actually retched I actually went ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean no I'm still not going to apologise I told you it was a bad story I, I, I will leave it at that right tell you what time it is it's off season bluster time yes training camp is not back till about the last week of July that's why we're getting all these great events in the UK this week but it also means we're getting some off-season nonsense so let's quickly roll through the off-season nonsense news Todd Gurley says Jared Goff you couldn't ask for a better quarterback off-season bluster Todd Gurley's fancy advice draft me number one overall that's actually quite a good bit of advice would you say he's the number one draft or Oh, there's a, there's a uh, we'll do a fantasy podcast close to the season, but I, I think there is an argument this year that there is after last season with all the injuries. I think there's more depth at running back than there's been for a few years, and wide receivers are actually showing more consistency than ever before. There's an argument for four or five wide receivers going in the first round, whereas previously I'd only say one, maybe two in a standard ten, even twelve team league. I'd consider taking Antonio Brown number one overall. Consider taking Todd Gurley. The, the, the drafts that we've been that we did last year, I would say there were maybe three or four wide receivers consistently in that first round. So, and I thought it was high. I wouldn't have taken if I was taking a whole first round of players. I wouldn't have taken three or four. Like if I did my own rankings, but I think I would this year. Okay, right. This is the I'll most definitely be ready for camp section. Which with is Marshall so Lynch rubbish, in, isn't with, it? With I Marshawn mean. Lynch enjoying the freedom of retirement, the Seattle Seahawks are facing an uncertain future at running back. But fear not, because Thomas Royal Rawl says, I'll be most definitely ready for camp. Le'Veon Bell assures Bluster. us yep. he will be ready for camp Bluster. after tearing yep. his MCL and PCL in week eight. Looking forward to seeing him back. Yep. Sammy Watkins, back running after foot surgery, intends to be ready for I camp. Mean, this is all stuff that you... Th- these are all bits of news that Will has printed off from the NFL website. I mean... Just in order to toss away. Just to <laughs> toss away. I mean, it's a terrible indictment on the Amazon rainforest. I'm I mean, sorry. Wow. I'll make sure they're recycled. Well recycled. Um, interestingly, the uh, Megatron article that we mentioned briefly on the last show that somebody tweeted us, I didn't get to read it in too much depth because I was kind of reacting to it live on the show. And I was focusing more on what ESPN chose with the headlines, yeah. which were about the drugs and about the uh, conditioning. My favourite thing from that article when I read it in more depth and then watched the E60 interview was this. Lion struggles factored into my retirement. Wow. Throughout his nine NFL seasons, Calvin Johnson has always been a quiet character, soft-spoken, just as mum on his reasons for retiring from the gridiron at 30. But after, now he's given a glimpse into his decision process in a sit-down with ESPN's Michael Smith. He gave several reasons for retiring, including health, future health worries, concussion concerns and mental fatigue. But Megatron also noticed that perhaps if Detroit had won more in his career, it would have been more difficult to walk away at 30. Incredible. Now, was it the end of his contract, or did he retire within contract? No, he retired within contract. So it's not like 
But he could have forced the move away to he try and win something. He was to get a new contract because it was coming towards the end. He was expecting that he'd have got big money. If, if the concerns were that he didn't win anything or well, the, the Lions weren't great. The Lions were 54-90 and 90 during his nine seasons and lost their only two playoff appearances. He lamented the explicable way in which Detroit lost some of these contests. Let's not forget the batted ball out of the end zone against Seattle, 2015. So he said he doesn't know how much, but he tells you what. If we're winning, if we'd won a Super Bowl, and you know what, you never know how you'll feel. But maybe I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not having that. Sour grapes. He could have forced the move away if he was too, too concerned. So you're saying Hall of Famer Megatron, sour grapes. Sour grapes. If you want to win something... You, you, and you know you're not going to do it with the 54-90, did you say, Detroit Lions. And that, that, uh, that form carried on into the next season. You said the batted ball, uh, batted ball away in, uh, in the end zone. Uh, the Andrew Luck, uh, the Andrew Luck uh, Hail Mary. These things are very Lions-y. All right, they broke that, that duck in Lambeau uh, over, after about 25 <laughs> years. But all I'm saying is, Megatron... If you then have an Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary. Yeah, well, yeah. All I'm I'm saying is, if you wanted to win something, you could have left. It's it's about health. I'm fair play to you. It's about health. It's about all of that. I'm not having that you didn't win anything. I had an interesting thought whilst we were at the Andrew Luck event. One of the little games they played was true or false. No, not true or false. It was the what happens next game. So they got three clips each with a fan on stage. And they played them a short clip of, of... um, uh, NFL action one of them was the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary one of them was the pitch uh, going on fire the field going on fire the Brandon at, Marshall uh, St. Louis last year one of them was Brandon Marshall and in my head I thought is Brandon Marshall a borderline Hall of Famer and, and the more I think about it the more I think Brandon Marshall has a Hall of Fame shout which makes that play where he tried to lateral it even more ridiculous but I think if you're talking in Megatron in those terms and there's no doubt that physically he was so impressive Brandon Marshall is up there. I, I can't disagree with you in any way. Well, then let's move on, because I only want disagreement and anger from you, not at any of this agreement. Well, you know I love Brandon Marshall. And I love you. Thanks, mate. I like half you. A, half a Guinness and I'm already getting a little bit soppy. I really like you too. A staring, a staring in the pod <laughs> in... In, uh, in, in, I don't in, know what's worse if I've got to listen to Maroon 5 while I sit my Guinness or that you've just cussed me down in no. such a fashion thankfully I've tuned that and you out well now you haven't because I told you it's on right franchise tag deadline this week ok can you explain this to m- me mainly <laughs> and maybe our three or four listeners that don't know about it so players who've been hit with the franchise tag earlier in the season if they don't sign a long term deal by Friday july the 15th they will either have to sign their franchise tender and be on the one-year contract for that set amount of money or they'll have to hold out and not play and not earn anything one way or the other wow so So, wow the, the big question is von miller the big question is will these players get a deal done or not and so we're going to now debate will these players get a deal done or not on Franchise tag. Will these players get a deal done or not? Kind of Christmassy with the music, which is interesting. I was trying to do Jeopardy, but I can't remember it. It felt a little bit more like it was bells in a in a a belfry. Um, So, first guy you met, 
mentioned Von Miller. Um, we know that this week, talking of Von Miller, uh, that the Broncos and him have been talking. They've been trading contract proposals. Uh, that apparently, he's rejected the NFL's most recent contract. Sorry, Will. That is proper news. Yeah. The, the stuff, this pile of papers here... That is not news. No, I, I realise that. That's yeah. why I skipped over it yeah, quite yeah, quickly. Yeah. I mean, I like that. Okay. <laughs> so we know that, uh, I said the NFL's, that he's rejected the Broncos' latest offer. He's going back with a counter-offer. He wants more than $38.5 million guaranteed fully at signing and wants all of his guaranteed money paid out over the next two years. Okay. So he, he's, he's almost looking for the NFL's first fully guaranteed contract. It's huge, but I think... You, I think Denver get it done because they're holding off on signing Sanders longer term they're holding off on offering contract to a lot of those they've already let um, Malik Jackson go this off season they've already let half of that middle linebacker tandem go this off season I still think these two sides get together and, and because and the, the money's looking for it's very similar to the deal signed by Fletcher Cox if they don't adhere to this demand I think I think they lose Von Miller in free agency next off season if he doesn't get something done this week. I mean, we've seen that uh, on the Chelsea Handlers show, he said he's not going to play if... Uh, that's on Netflix, by the way. Very, very funny. I, I recommend everyone to check it out. But he said he, he won't play if, they, if the deal doesn't get done. So here's... here's um, just to give you an example of some of the other ones. Fletch Cox landed 63.3 million guaranteed with 36.3 at the point of signing over how many years is that four uh, Luck got 44 million at signing part of the 87 guaranteed so he wants whatever his guaranteed money is and you imagine it would be in that same 60 to 70 region that Fletcher Cox got he wants 38.5 of that right away and he wants the rest of it next year he doesn't want it spread out over the course of the contract. He wants his guaranteed money in signing bonuses mm. in 2016 and 17. Now, what that does to their cap space over the long term, you'd have to ask a cap expert because I don't know. I say this. Sorry, just taking a sip of Guinness there. <laughs> I say that this gets done. One of the reasons being, Denver have been embarrassed by letting Brock Osweiler go, and they don't want to be embarrassed again by offering too little and then letting... Von Miller go I, I think it's a deal that they have to make and John Elway if he's, has to make as well as a GM otherwise his position is kind of untenable it's almost a David Cameron Brexit kind of <laughs> situation we were meant to get political Ole that's true but, but it, it will I, happen I, eventually it, it, I think it's it, it's kind of similar Elway has to get this done otherwise he's let the, the franchise down Eric Berry is an interesting one. Eric Berry has said um, he felt that more would be done. He's, he told the Kansas City Star, I thought it progressed a little bit more, but it's still pretty much the same as when we last talked. A lot can change in a week. A lot can change for whenever the deadline is. Uh, Clark Hunt said at the NFL's annual meeting that he was hopeful a long-term deal would get done with Berry. Uh, if you look at the deal done with Harrison Smith, now the league's highest-paid safety, he signed a five-year, $51.25 million extension with the Vikings in June. And actually, for a top-level safety... 11 million dollars a year it's not uh, like when you consider what linemen are getting nowadays and stuff actually it's not that high I would think that Eric Berry do you think that's going to happen there's some concern over Justin Houston uh, that money they, pl- they plumbed 100 million dollars into him over 6 years um, and in fact they managed to do that just before the deadline is that going to be the same thing they get done this year apparently their current cap space is only 
about $250,000. Okay. But there are cuts they can get done. He's a franchise player. Eric Berry's the only other one I think definitely gets done. I mean, who else have we got on this list here? Well, Alshon Jeffrey said this week um, uh, that the Bears are quite far apart on a long-term deal. And he's still try- he's potentially looking for a way out. He said there's not a lot of confidence, Garofalo told the NFL. Uh, this is uh, Mike Garofalo from NFL Media. I sense that not Jimmy. Are- no, not Jimmy. Any relation? <laughs> not Garofalo, Garofalo. Oh, right, sorry. Good, thank That's you. That's a pub, pub issue. I sense that both sides really feel strongly on this one. That's because Alfred Jeff- Jeffrey got a $14.6 million tag. The Bears want to come in a couple million below that. I'd tell you what, deal. 14.6 million. I, okay, he's the number one wide receiver. That's a, that's good money, I think, in this in this day and age. Alan Hearns was just over what eleven million a year. Uh, I think you see the deals that Keenan Allen got. You see the deals that Doug Baldwin got. Yes, yeah. Um, AJ Green makes fifteen million a year average. Baldwin making about eleven and a half. I I think he wants to be up at that fourteen million range. And I think the Bears see him more as like a twelve million dollar receiver. And I don't I don't think they're going to come together on that. Actually, that's another one that I think doesn't get done. What, and then Alshon Jeffrey won't play. No, no. I think the long-term deal doesn't get done. I oh, think okay, he'll okay. Play under the tag and then leave next off. Fine, season. thank you. Mohammed Wilkerson. This See, is crazy to this me. This is nuts, isn't it? This one. My, here's my feeling on Mohammed Wilkinson. Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Wil- Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson. Uh, <laughs> Mohammed Wilkerson, who again expects that Fletcher Cox type money, that JJ Watt type money, that Andomakin Sue type money. Has he done enough? Yeah. Pay him. Yeah pay him and do you know what stop chasing Ryan Fitzpatrick that's last orders I don't or, know whether or a fire alarm it could be a fire alarm that's either last orders or a fire alarm There's, no one is particularly no one behind the bar seems to know what's yeah, going they don't, on they're not, they're not panicking they're it not scrambling have, it might have been like a fire escape being opened uh, yeah I think that was it fire there's, escape. Two, there's two guys there by the fire escape okay Panic well, over, guys. We're all right. We're still alive. <laughs> well, that was a bit of drama for the podcast. <laughs> right, Mo Wilkerson. Forget Ryan Fitzpatrick. Call his bluff. Say, we'll give you $10 million to play this year. Take it or leave it. Because nobody else has taken him. Naff off. Mo Wilkerson is the kind of player you can build your defense around for the next five or six years. Oh, just stop going out of the door. I can see the two of them playing with it back there. What is this? Through this. Don't they know we're trying to make high-quality <laughs> <laughs> radio for our fans here? Check this out. There's a guy over there. Yeah. Uh, just over your right shoulder. He's got his sunglasses on his back. On his back? This guy here, look. Oh, wow. I've never seen that. That's a really so normally, place to have okay, them. Normally where you wear your sunglasses kind of on your chest, he's got it down his, down his back. Take a photo. We'll tweet it out. This is amazing. Uh, so, we'll amazing send it to anyone who wants to see it. Anyone who wants to see it. Message us and Ollie will DM it yeah, to you. Uh, at, <laughs> at Ollie Hunter. Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right, I think that's them done. I'm not sure, but let's try. Let's keep going. I'm saying no. Um, the, the fact is, I think he deserves the money. He's been promised a big money deal by three different general managers. Uh, the Jets were using Wilkes' pending deal as an excuse not to sign other free agents as early as 2013 when Rex Ryan was privately touting Wilkeson as the next Richard Seymour. It's utterly ridiculous. The Jets need to get that deal done. Farcical. Yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick's is, what, 35? 30, no, not that old, but maybe 33, 34. He's been around the league for a long time. He's had one very good season last year. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Will, Will, thank you very much. Wilkerson is, is the future. 
Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think it makes <laughs> no sense for them to get a deal done here. Cousins will be happy with his 20 million over the, rest, over the course of this year. I think he's fine with that. And actually, I've spoken to him yeah, as I, a fellow <laughs> ginger. <laughs> Kirk, 19.1 million. That okay? Great. Good. I apologise if that really loud alarm in the background is blocking anything we're saying, but it's not that worthwhile anyway, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. I think he gets that deal done. I think that's done and dusty. No, d- sorry, doesn't get that deal done. I think he signs that franchise tenure, sticks with it. It works for both sides. If he performs yeah. this year like he performed They'll last pay him. year, he will get paid, not Andrew Luck, but he will get paid a $20 million plus dollar a year oh, contract. Yeah, yeah. He'll get paid like a franchise quarterback. And a franchise quarterback, as we've learned, gets paid $20 million plus dollars. Could he be the next Jay Cutler? Don't describe... Don't compare anyone to <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's horrible. Beyond that, Justin, Justin Tucker, the Baltimore's kicker. I just don't even understand why kicker's been given the franchise tag. Might as well keep him on it. <laughs> the other one's Tremaine Johnson at the Rams, which I genuinely... I, I, I don't know if that will get done. I think it'd be silly not to get it done. Get a long-term deal down. You've let one cornerback go this off-season yeah. so you can sign the other to a long-term deal. Get that done. I think right. the Rams are so top-heavy, as it were, with that front seven, that they need to retain people that know the organisation and know and, 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 are, and are decent. So I think that'll get done. Shall we talk AFC South? What, what about a little bit of the fan night? I mean, we haven't really spoken about that at all. Here's how we're going to go. We've just talked about $20 million-plus-dollar-a-year players... Let's hear from Andrew Luck about how he intends to spend his $140 million. <laughs> so yeah, delighted to yet again have the privilege to sit down with well now the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, Andrew. Like, are you a bit sick of people talking to you about that already? Uh, a little bit. It's it's a bit odd when 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 your contract's online and folks know your business. But uh, it's part of part of being a quarterback, part of being a professional athlete. Have you invested in a smartphone yet, or actually bought some decent shaving gear? Or? <laughs> no, on both accounts. <laughs> the, um, famously, obviously, a man that you have to spend probably too much of your time preparing for for your liking jj watt said when he first got his contract and saw that money and the first thing he did was google what do rich people buy oh, that's what, funny. what was the first thing you did when you saw you know that signing bonus hit your uh, hit your bank account? Uh, i haven't, haven't done much you know i haven't done much i don't know I, it's an awesome part of football getting paid uh you know but, but i don't think it's 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 not my motivation necessarily for playing uh, so it's, uh, I guess it's I guess it's a great good part of life, but yeah, it, didn't, it doesn't change much. Will your uh, your O line be expecting decent Christmas presents? No, uh, they're, they're always they're balance. always there's all, they're always expecting <laughs> decent Christmas presents, and they deserve them. It's a great O line. <laughs> um, but uh, on a serious note, when you compare the other quarterbacks who are in that twenty million range, Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, the kind of consistent thing with everyone up there is that postseason success. Do you feel like? This contract puts any extra pressure on your shoulders to bring that to the city of Indianapolis? Uh, no, I have no extra pressure. I put a lot of pressure on myself. The team puts a lot of pressure on itself to, to get things done. And uh, 
doesn't matter how much you're getting paid, how late you're getting paid, whatever, whatever it is. You, you try to go out and win, and that's what matters. It's got to be frustrating last season between the injuries, and it never quite looked fully healthy when you're on the field either. To come off a season like that, how are you feeling going into this one? Yeah, I feel great. You know, it is. It's 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 not fun to be injured. It's not fun to miss games. You feel like you're letting the team down. Uh, but but feel excited for this year. Feel ready to go. It's. Uh, when, when you miss games the year before, you, I think you get that much more excited for, for the upcoming year. Um, I, I said we'll get to listen to questions in a moment, but one that came in that's pertinent on that, Josh on Twitter asked, what's worse for you, playing not to 100% or having to watch from the sidelines and see the team lose knowing you can't affect it? Oh, watching from the sidelines is worse. And, and, and every player will, will say <laughs> I think the same thing, and and honestly, I mean, the the joke is the injury rate in the NFL is a hundred percent, you know. <laughs> so guys, you're you're gonna something's gonna be hurting at some point in the year, and you're gonna play through it, and that's all right, part of it. And, and as far as this season, the preparation for it is going. Many will be surprised to see that it's both Coach Pagano and Ryan Grigson coming back this year. All that speculation about whether it be both of them. What's been the message from that team of guys coming off? A difficult season and going forward. Yeah, it was a difficult season for everybody on the Colts. You know, from from our owner on down uh, to, to everybody, and uh, it's been it's been a great message this off season. Coach Coach Pagano's done a heck of a job. We got a great staff, and Mr. Grigson and then the front office staff also done a great job. I think we're all pointing in the right direction and excited for the year. What's that relationship with Jim Irsay like? Because I, I loved that video online when you signed the contract and you were ta- talking to the media together. It seemed like you had a real bond with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a great owner. He's a great sports team's owner. Uh, he's great for the city of Indianapolis. He's, you know, he was a GM at age 27, I think, for the Colts. He's, he's you know, grew up in the locker room picking up jock straps, <laughs> running around, cleaning up. So he's, he's, he is a football guy. It's obviously one of those successful franchises uh, in, in, in the NFL. I think been to the playoffs like 13 out of the last 15 years or something like that. So knows how to win. Uh, great owner. Gives us everything uh, you know, we, we need to succeed. It's all right when a great quarterback falls straight into their lap after, uh, after one leaves as well. That can't be bad for him. I guess so. <laughs> um, uh, talk about London because obviously uh, when we spoke, I think the first time we ever spoke in 2013, you said to me then how much the city meant to you. But actually getting to come and now get there in front of Wembley where you've been and watched the Champions League final and play in front of UK yeah. fans. I, I, you know, you've got to be giddy like a school kid. I, I can't yeah. even imagine it. No, I'm excited. It'll be great. It'll be cool to go to Wembley. I remember, I remember going to old Wembley you know, as, as a kid, as a little one, and then been, been to the new one. I've, I've been to the Champions League final, a U.S.-England football match, a so- <laughs> soccer match. Your boy Clint Dempsey playing? Oh, Clint, was the, he's the best. Still is the <laughs> best. Um, but... Yeah, it'll be fine. Again, at the same on the same token, it's it's it is just another game in a sense, and it's I'm not sure what game it is in the year. We got a couple games before it at least, and you know those games are as important as that one. I feel like you're being humble about it, but I have to tell you, we spoke with Jack Muhort on Radio Row, and he was telling us just how much love you've been giving London, how the moment it was announced, you were banging on about it in the locker room, how excited you were. So what's the, what have you been telling those guys about? Oh, it? Tell, them, tell them how great, great of a city it is. Jack, I think, has got some, uh, some family that lives over here in the United Kingdom, so I'm not sure where. Uh, but, but it's fun, and guys will ask, and like anything... You know, if you're not sure about something you're going to ask, not a lot of the guys in the locker room have been overseas uh, or, or here in London. So, uh, ask and tell them how tell them how great of a city it is. And a divisional game at that—that's got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, Jacksonville's it's a tough team or a good team, uh, so so I'm sure the game will mean a lot.
How much attention do you pay to stuff like that as a player, not just what your team are doing, but obviously the big focus in Jacksonville this offseason, through the draft, through those big acquisitions, uh, like Malik Jackson has been on the defensive side of the ball. How much are you watching that from divisional rivals and thinking about that now, ahead of the season? Uh, you know, I... We're all football fans, too, yeah. in a sense. We're players, we're fans. So, yeah, we pay attention to what goes on around the league. Uh, but uh, that, that, I think, to me, that's more of a, as a fan. You know, as, as a player, you worry about in the offseason making sure you're doing the best you can do you know, that day, making sure you're, you're making the team the best it can be that day. And um, then when you get to the season and start looking at personnel with other teams, that's, that's when that matters. Now, I, I said, we'll get, let's, let's take some listener questions. I'll skip over all the ones that are asking you to lend them a tenner or pay off their mortgage or anything like that, because there were about 15 of that nature. But uh, I particularly enjoyed this one from Neil, and uh, this might test your football fandom a little bit. Um, you're four points down to the Super Bowl on your own 20, let's say 135 to play. Which two offensive players from the history of the NFL do you want on your offense alongside you? I don't need to go. Don't need to go far. I'll take T.Y. Hilton and Dwayne Allen, <laughs> <laughs> and anybody else on the Colts: Dante Moncrief, Philip Dorsett, Frank Gore, Jack Goyle, our line. Yeah, so, so wouldn't, want, no, I wouldn't want anybody else. Uh, yeah, well, Sam, who's in with us and taking photos, etc., is a Colts fan, so he's absolutely delighted to. Good job, uh, Sam. I to... like you more now. <laughs> um, in terms of, you, you mentioned there, uh, T.Y. and Dante Moncrief, and it looks like it's a great unit going into this season. Who, who has been your favorite receiver to work with over your career so far? Who, who do you feel most comfortable going to? It's like asking a mom who her favorite kid is. You know? <laughs> I'll let them know that you feel like you're their mom when they come <laughs> uh, over. No. Uh, I've been fortunate to work with some awesome, awesome wide receivers. Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. And guys like Donnie Avery, whom, whom is not as well known, and Darius Hayward Bay, Hakeem Nix, been awesome, totally awesome guys. Uh, I think Dante and Philip Dorsett, Griff Whalen, who was my college roommate for four years, we got to play four years on the Colts. Uh, uh, Ty, I mean, we've obviously played together more than more than any of the other guys that came in as rookies together, and uh, still together now. So I definitely feel like we've built up a good rapport, and he's a great guy. Uh, great personality. I uh, love, love playing with him. Uh, Matt asked on our Facebook page, who do you feel you've learned the most from in your time in the NFL? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I try to learn from everybody. Again, and, and I've, been, uh, I've been very fortunate to have uh, some awesome quarterbacks in our room as well. Drew Stanton, my rookie year, and Chandler Harnish, who I learned a bunch from. And then Matt Hasselbeck uh, was with us for the last three years. Uh, really... Great guy, great guy on the field, off the field, and and, and learned a, learned a ton from him. Maybe more about life off the field, <laughs> uh, even in football. But uh, what a, what a great guy! Can't be bad coming from a family where your dad's had that experience as well, and, and I'm sure he's been able to teach you plenty. Oh, absolutely! He's he's great. And just, you know, he, he's a father at the end of the day, so he doesn't he doesn't take his role as quarterback coach <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and he, he, he's a, he's a great dad. Uh, Adam asks us, isn't it about time you let the Titans beat you? It's getting tedious now. I think we can tell who he supports. Yeah, he must be a Titans fan. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be a tough division. It always is. And the Titans you know, maybe haven't done as well as they would have liked the past couple of years. But beauty of sports, <laughs> doesn't matter what you did, <laughs> did the last year. It's all about what's coming up. So uh, it'll be tough. I know you tend to focus on the defense when you're preparing, but how do you how do you see those guys who have come into the league over the last couple of years? Obviously, Blake, young guy in your division, then you've got Marcus in your division as well. Uh, both had great success early on, much like yourself. It's a, and then Brock Osweiler coming in as well. It, 
it's a division with four great young quarterbacks all looking to prove themselves. Yeah, I know. I think we all are. We all we all look look to prove ourselves every weekend. And you know, as a fan, I obviously watch and pay attention, and always happy for those guys. They're, they're great guys. And Marcus and and, and Brock are, are Pac-12 guys, Pac-10 guys, Arizona State and, and Oregon. So uh, sort of know them a little bit from that from from the college days. Uh, but yeah, I'm always happy for them if they do well, except when they're playing us. <laughs> He's still following Stan and still uh, get to go and see any games there? Do you still get to follow them properly? Yeah, then? no, absolutely. I try to see as many games on TV as I can, and they've been doing a heck of a job. Another Rose Bowl win, which is Massive. incredible. Uh, you know, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. So really fun. And Patrick asks, uh, in terms of defenses, who's the hardest you've faced in terms of scheming for, adjustments, just makes your jo- life when you're in the center and trying to read the other side of the ball? Yeah, I, I think the honest truth is every defense in the NFL is really, really good. Uh, personnel, you know, it's always tough playing the Texans every year. <laughs> the Titans defense flies around. The Jags are, are, are tough, hard-nosed. Uh, the Broncos defense was really, really good this year. Uh, playing them, they were really good, and as was Carolina's. You know, so no surprise that you know both were in the Super Bowl, I guess. So one final question, looking forward to that game. Then I know you say you know there's six, seven games in the season before that, before you get to that point. But obviously, the last time you faced the Jags, you went on the field, but they put 50 points on the Colts, and there's got to be some feeling of this season having not won the division. There's got to be a message of. We've got to go in. We've got to beat those divisional rivals if we're going to make uh, the playoffs and go further. Yeah, that's uh, that's every year. Uh, it doesn't matter what happened the past year. Uh, best way to the playoffs is to win your division. Win your division, you got to beat your divisional opponents. So you know, that's the goal. That's the goal for every team in the NFL. Uh, so we'll see what happens. What is a successful season for the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. We, we just got to <laughs> win football games, make it to the playoffs, and give ourselves a chance. You're not going to say to me, it's Super Bowl or bust or anything like that, are you? You're never going to. I don't have to say anything. <laughs> no, Andrew, it's always a real pleasure. Enjoy the uh, fan forum this evening, and we, uh, we look forward to seeing you again later in the year. Awesome. Andrew, look there, and it was interesting. That, I mean, the first thing I asked him was, are you sick of people asking you about the contract? Of course I had to ask about it, and I said that to him. Even before the interview, I said, look, I'm going to have to ask you about these stuff. But then I've got some listener questions. Let's have some fun. Thank you to all those listener questions that came in. I thought it was funny how he um, refused to name any other players from the history of the NFL. And I think when you speak to Dwayne Allen on Wednesday, you say to him, look, we asked Andrew the other day which two players from ever in the history of the NFL you would want on your side for a two-minute drill in the Super Bowl. And he said T.Y. Hilton and Dwayne Allen. Wow. Wow. Do you feel the same? Would you take Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton <laughs> as the two guys on your offense in the same situation? I would want to start. Well, would you want a running back? Because you're not probably going to run the ball very much in that situation, I guess. Yeah, anyway. what if you've got a goal line situation? Andrew Luck could run it. You're right. Yeah. I answered my own question yeah. straight I mean, away. I'm not saying you shouldn't bring in maybe like Jim Brown or someone, but... Um, all in all, I thought it was fun as always. Good chatty guy, always really good. And then there was the fan rally this evening, and he was great. I thought, uh, first of all, they started off by bringing out uh, Moritz Boring uh, and the um, guy from Anthony, the Giants. Uh, Anthony uh, Dablé. I'm glad you pronounced it. The French running back who also played in the German League, who's playing with the Giants at the moment. And I thought they had some interesting stuff to say. Mobo, who we were going to get on the pod, uh, I don't think we should. He is a man of very few words. Uh, I enjoyed to, the words he said, but they were few and far between. Props to uh, <laughs> to Neil Reynolds, Reynolds, who, after realizing and spending a, a long time on stage with Mobo, 
that uh, he said, I think you'll probably catch more balls in the NF- in next next year's NFL season than you've said words on tonight's <laughs> on take, the stage I'll take tonight. The over yeah, on you catching more passes. It was amazing. Than you've said words on this stage tonight, and I think he's absolutely. I right. I think he was right, but, but I, I still was impressed with both of them. I thought both I thought Dable was great actually. I. I he has got a bit of a way media training wise I guess or not even not even that I think just getting more confident English is in his first language so getting more confident in, in that part of of dealing with being in front of a group of people yes I'm not joking there is a fireman here Where? and Where? she's getting and there's a, a woman getting photos with him because she there's loves a firemen. fireman there is a fireman here Okay. All, Do you love the, firemen as well? The, oh, it's just because the number of facts. Just uh, the whole situation has descended into a farce. Oh, he's the lead fireman because he's got the white helmet. Well, the other ones have yellow. Helmets. We're definitely going to get kicked out. <laughs> uh, this pub is closing sooner rather than later. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Um, then the main attraction came out. Andrew Luck uh, came out and spoke for a while. Uh, I thought overall uh, he was excellent, and I thought he answered some really good questions. And I'm he was sure funny as well. I think yeah. NFL UK will post online. It's worth watching, and he is always funny. The one thing I didn't get to ask him about today, which I would have liked to, but we didn't just didn't have enough time, were his impression of the rookie class going into this year. And somebody asked the similar question, and he talked about his new centre, uh, Ryan Kelly who they picked up in the first round, who was highly touted, rated as maybe the best centre in the draft this year, one of the best... In, in fact, maybe the best interior lineman in this year's draft. And wasn't that the... the I mean, for Andrew Luck to say it, given the, uh, the drafting last season, where it was another, another wide receiver, it was some guys on defence, and they didn't help him out, and then he got injured because he wasn't helped out with uh, some quality replacements... I've got a feeling that was, um, I think it, him saying how impressed he was with Ryan Kelly might be a little, uh, not even a little jive, but I think it was like, oh, thank goodness He's, I've got yeah, someone decent. I, I think there's an element to luck. And he said to me earlier today that, you know, Mr. Grigson's done a great job and reeled off all the same stuff. And he was asked both in the fan rally and, as you heard by me, tried to push a little bit on are you surprised that both of them are back this year and what's the atmosphere like there and he was very positive about the whole thing but the way he described Ryan Kelly was he said he's a bit of an asshole well he said he's a great guy he's a very good player but he's a bit of an asshole and that's great yeah uh, uh, he, he wants that in alignment he and like, I think that's you know exactly what? what the Colts need they need to get nasty up front they need to protect Andrew Luck and I'll be delighted if they do some and of that. Do you know season. what I love as well? And it's something that maybe uh, some other people didn't quite pick up on. Is this locker is next to Andrew Luck's. Yeah. So you can imagine Andrew Luck has got this uh, got this rookie right next to him in, a, in next to his locker. Put an arm around him. Come on, dude. Build that rapport. Get that rapport. This is a partnership that will last a long, long time. Sorry, your belly button is sticking through <laughs> your, your, your shirt, and it's really off-putting. <laughs> I, I saw it earlier. One pint of Guinness. <laughs> wow. Which one was my pint? Mine's this one. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Ryan Kelly, I think, I, I, I'm hoping that. And then we'll get on to the teams and we'll talk about that. But then Dwayne Allen came out. And Stole the show, man. He great. Oh, I loved Dwayne Allen. Because I think if you compare the 2013 interview we did with Andrew Luck, and we've spoken to him twice since, but kind of in a more 
pooled environment when there's been other reporters there. But you compare the one-on-one we did with him three years ago and the one-on-one we did with him today. And he's become a lot more measured, but also a lot more controlled, a lot more media savvy. I'll tell you what he's become. He's become a $140 million measure. <laughs> he's maybe been bitten a couple of times by saying the wrong thing in the media. And so he, he, can, he, he was more guarded with me today. I felt like he laughed with the jokes. We had a bit of fun. But when I tried to push him on things... You could see him retreat into team answer mode. You know why, you, you know why that is? It's because I wasn't there to break the ice. <laughs> Talk to about fantasy football. A little bit of a fluffing and you get in there and finish Ollie, him the, off. You're the best fluffer I know. I have <laughs> well, to say that. thank you very much. And so I thought that not only did he open up more when Dwayne Allen came on stage, but Dwayne Allen was very funny. Their rapport was great. They, they had a great rapport between the two of them. There were some really good jokes with Neil. I particularly enjoyed it when the one person asked about... Dwayne Allen obviously got his big contract done not long before Andrew Lux. And um, somebody said, look, there were a lot of reports that you nearly ended up on the Steelers. How close was that to happening? And he ummed and ahed for a minute and went, it was never close to happening. I'm a Colt and I want to be a Colt for life. And Andrew Luck was like, correct answer. He loved it as well. Yeah, yeah, loved yeah, yeah. It. So all in all, it was a really enjoyable night and another great event from NFL Actually, UK. Do we really to, before we go on to our all-AFC South team, yes. do you want to hear from Alistair Kirkwood first? Let's or? do that first. Yeah. Right, fine. So after we spoke to the chief executive of NFL UK, Alistair Kirkwood, always uh, an interesting chat, a very measured man, and clearly an intelligent man, clearly a man who knows where he's going with this. And... Rather than being as far-ranging as our conversations have been previously, I focused more on what's happening this year, on his conversation with Liz Fox for NFL uh, Girl UK, and just all in all, the connection between the fans and the NFL in this country. Just to quickly apologise before this interview, I think it was on my second question, my mic cut out, so I've had to have a fiddle around with the levels. It'll sound a bit weird, but my mic comes back in for the rest of it, so it's fine. So just in case you think your ears have gone a little bit crazy, it's genuinely fine. I've just tried to make sure you know what I was actually bumbling through in my question. Yeah, this is really special for us because we get an opportunity to bring uh, players over and it's a really good connection point for the, for the fans. You know, the fans turn out in really large numbers. It's a, it's a Monday evening. Uh, a lot of people will find it problematic to get over. Um, we, don't, we don't announce it with a, a lot of notice because some of these logistics take a, a pretty last minute. Um, and the players are just brilliant. I mean, they, they make every, everything look so good. And, uh, well, on that point this week and the logistics you've got nine players over doing got 12 tomorrow. well we've got 12 in total <laughs> Andrew as well yeah so this has got to be the biggest week you've done of off season in three games yeah this actually I was saying in the office uh, earlier that this actually feels like a busier week than some of some of the weeks we have in the season because um, we've got 12 players in town in total um with a bunch of activity, we've also got a big, a big flag tournament with all of our schools. Um, so we got a thousand and twenty kids participating in that as well. Um, so um, yeah, this is this is a lot of fun because it's not. It, although our season's a couple of months away, feels like uh, it's almost around the corner. How important is it for you guys putting on these events and getting the fans in outside of the off-season? Because obviously, okay, you're running three events a year which are getting 90,000 people through the door or 85 or whatever it might be. But these more intimate events seem to show a real commitment, I think, to 
to growing the game on a grassroots level? Well, it's it's making the game come to life in, in, in as many different ways as possible. We've got a philosophy with our events that, um, that we make them free and... Um, it's kind of random in terms of whether you get selected because of the level of demand. Um, but we're, we recognize that, you know, our ticket prices aren't always cheap. And, um, you know, it costs to, to buy merchandise and, and, and other things and to, to be a fan. So the more of these types of things that we can do to, to kind of bring that to life and, and almost kind of get people... Um, an inside look in this because the thing that I, f- I find fascinating is that the players really relax and almost tell you things that they they w- certainly wouldn't say in the States or say in an interview earlier for example no maybe we might sit down with Andrew earlier no, on, no, no, we're, 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 on stage. I'm, I'm in the same situation I was going okay they're they're talking a lot more freely in front of you know 600 people than they were with me earlier <laughs> maybe that says more about me than anything else I thought it was really interesting this week um, a blog posted today by NFL UK girl where um, you got on the phone with a fan who had expressed some not necessarily some concerns but some interest in what was going to be happening over the next few months someone who does a lot of NFL writing and had some uh, she'd had questions from fans and wrote you an email and you yeah. responded to it and, and had a conversation and that's kind of the question of how again how important is it to you guys that actually there are so many fans nowadays who are on facebook and twitter and they're always constantly questioning what you're doing that you've got that opportunity to answer them back yeah i mean within limits because because you can't do it to all the time i think it's incredibly important to be a accessible and b be as open as possible in terms of how we do things it's not necessarily the case that Every decision that we make will be ones that everybody kind of agrees with. So, for example, fans ask on a very regular basis, why do we play all the games in London? There's an opportunity for me to at least kind of lay out what the thinking is and the rationale. And even if you don't necessarily agree with it, as long as you actually respect kind of that we have thought about it and that we recognize that sometimes we have to make decisions for kind of the greater good, if you like, um, and I think that massively came across in what you were saying, and I think a lot of people have read that today okay. who have maybe questioned it in the past and gone, ah, right. I don't realise about the logistical side, the monetary side, and particularly when you talked about the fact that it's cl- uh, the teams speak to the other teams who have been before and that comfort level. Yeah, and, 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 you know, obviously sometimes it's difficult to kind of be really transparent about some of the things that go, go on behind the scenes because... Um, you don't necessarily want to want to kind of talk through. Well, no, everybody's got a difficult job, or or there are challenges in all those kind of things, and it's actually much more about the output. But on the other side, um, I think that pretty much every question or challenge that a fan has come up with has been legitimate. And if I was in their shoes, I'd probably ask. I'd probably ask the same thing. On that point, and on the things you said. All right, Neil, how are we doing? I- I can pester you if you want as well, or... <laughs> he's he's going to edit that one out, I'm sure. Good job, Neil. Okay, see it. Uh, but on that point, obviously, one of the things you spoke about was uh, what you do for the different events, the fact that you can't physically put on a fan event for every game, you can't do Regent Street every time, you have to think about varying events. What have you got planned for this year with Twickenham coming up as a separate event, and how logistically difficult has that been to, to have two stadia this time considering you've also got Tottenham coming in as well yeah it's it's different it's actually a good reminder and a wake-up call that sometimes you go 
get into your comfort zone. So we've played 14 games, regular season games at Wembley since since we uh, introduced the international series. And whilst we do change up and there's lots of things that we try and do differently, you're still kind of doing variations on the same theme. When you go into a new stadium with a completely different outside area, uh, seating arrangements and everything else, it can be um, really... Um, really daunting to start off with uh, but on the other side it's also really exciting because if we can pull pull that off um, then that's that's another big kind of moment in, in kind of NFL UK history um, the Spurs thing is going to be completely different all over again because the stadium for us might be around about 60,000 so it's going to be a considerably smaller capacity but it's going to be customised and designed in a different way so um, we'll end up having a, a different feel again. Um, so I, th- I think, I think it's another part of our journey, and it's kind of just showing that we're maturing as a sport and just doing more things. But uh, I think most importantly, exciting. It's it, it, like okay, we're having a serious conversation about yeah. it, but it, everything is positive and moving in a forward apart from the tone direction. of my voice right <laughs> <laughs> i'm just talking like a suit um <laughs> but what i like about it is that whether you're on the inside as kind of someone working on it or if you're a fan experiencing it the journey that we've gone on up till now um none of us can actually predict kind of all the twists and turns so in the same way as i really didn't know when we were playing one game a year whether we'd ever go to multiple games I certainly, if you told me a couple of years ago we'd be playing in two different stadiums in the same season, I'd be gulping and then trying to <laughs> trying to <laughs> act act like I was not that um, scared of, of, of that, that situation. Uh, and if you Look told for me for a bigger office, yeah, <laughs> the, the whole thing, um, or a new job, um, and and then going to a, a third stadium. Um, Again, I think it will just add different fan experiences and different dimensions, and I think it will further validate um, kind of the growth of the sport. I mean, the fact that we now have three games a year that more than half of the stadiums is uh, season tickets and um, that we can put in kind of extra dimensions, such as now we've got a game at Twickenham one week and and a game uh, at Wembley the following week. I think that's just keeps saying back to the states and to the owners that we're really on good trajectory and and finally uh just one question i'm going to i'm so lucky to be getting to go to the mexico game this year uh-huh. uh, how much has that impacted what you guys do how much have they come to you to find out what they need to do to get it right in mexico and what's that relationship been like i thought the question was do you agree that i'm really lucky and i was going <laughs> yeah. to i was going to wholeheartedly agree um uh yeah the, I, I think we've had the benefit first of all of um, of a lot of experience with experience comes a lot of mistakes hopefully most of them are kind of behind the scenes um, also in terms of it's not just mistakes it's kind of learnings and insights so you know some some things that we introduced when we went to multiple games was dedicated team liaison folks here in our office that work with the teams for the for nine months oh, wow. and uh, work with the operations side the coaching staff and uh, they go out uh, to the States three or four times a year, meet with them. They understand what each team is looking for and, and each one that's different. So we've kind of upped the service and the, the angle of that. And that came from 
recognizing what we could improve. So hopefully what we've been able to do with, for the Mexican guys is actually further advance them, their kind of um, their growth and the, their development. So that's going to be really exciting. I mean, it's Monday night game. It's prime time in the States. Um, Oakland and Houston have huge a Latino, Hispanic yeah, fan bases. Very much the right teams to choose. Yeah, That's and one of the things that stood out straight away. Yeah, and I, and I, and I'm actually excited that this has kind of moved on um, from being UK only because going back to that whole line of uh, questions that we get asked, you know, understandably, a lot of people are saying, you know, when's it going to go out to to other places? I'd like to think that the fact that we've we're going into our seventh, 15th, 16th, and 17th regular season games means that we've got a really good track record. And that we should actually take it as a compliment that the UK fans have done such a great job of supporting it, that now there's a level of confidence to take it elsewhere. And so, you know, there's a possibility in, in the future that we might play a game in Germany, might, you know, even at some point in time consider China. And that's ultimately down to the UK fans and their level of support and kind of making it the kind of events that, that they've become. Great stuff. And, you know, if you want me to pop in after Mexico and give you a, a report from a fan show, perspective... Yeah, show me, show me all the photos. <laughs> great stuff. Yes. Thanks. So Alistair Kirkwood, Chief Executive of NFL UK. Always great chatting to him. Uh, and, gra- and do go and check out that blog. If there's anything yeah. you found interesting for that conversation, tweet us at Gridiron, and uh, we'll discuss it further at a later date. Big fan of that. Because right now, we're getting close to the last calls, and I want to talk about our all-AFC South teams. Let's do it. And I also um, want to eat. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm very hungry. What I won't be eating is crunchies. But, uh, do you know what? We should have done this in Five Guys. I know the music was really loud, but these. I reckon we could have done it. I reckon maybe next time we should do it in Five Guys. Uh, maybe we should do another pod tomorrow after the next fan night, and we'll do it in Five Guys. I'm on the all-ass tomorrow. Ah, all-ass. All-ass all the time. All-ass on TalkSport 2, guys. Brilliant. Right, let's, uh, let's talk then. All-AFC South team. Well, we need to preview the division, and that's what we've been doing over these next few shows. And the way we were going to do it, after a suggestion from Nicky Boyd on Twitter, was to be doing an all-divisional team for each side. And uh, we did it for the, uh, for the NFC South, and we kind of did it a little bit off the bat. This time, me and Ollie have actually gone away. We've picked our teams in advance. And I've got some, uh, some thoughts and some notes on each of the teams as well. But we can always get into that at a later date what's important to them, etc. Let's do our team. Let's do the team. I think all of that other stuff might come up whilst we do the team. Hopefully. You and I have done our teams independently. Separately. And of course I left... (laughs) I left left the printouts that you so brilliantly uh, did for me at at work. So I've tried to do it by memory. Uh, and thankfully, I think I might. Have, <laughs> you think you've got it? I think I might have it. <laughs> I might not have it. Right. Uh, Do we want to start on offense again, like we did last week? Yeah, let's start on offense. I mean, quarterback-wise, there is only one choice. We spoke to him earlier on the te- on the uh, on the show. Um, the but most expensive quarterback in NFL, in, most expensive player in NFL history, has got to be Andrew Luck, despite his injury problems last year. Which, of course, I think. He may have even come into the, uh, the the season with an injury. Look, I got really frustrated when I sat and I looked through the Facebook comments when I posted on the NFL UK Facebook group asking for questions for Luck to pose to him in the interview. And somebody posted, ask him what it's going to take for him to go from being the most overrated young quarterback in the league to being half decent or something like that. And I just thought, 
you're basing that purely on 2015 where yes he had a bad year and yes it doesn't help in the same year Russell Wilson in the second half of the season proved himself that he could be a pocket passer the Cam Newton had the best season of his career and actually maybe for my mind of this young class put himself in front of Cam Newton but Andrew Luck is a quarterback who can play in any system he has the entire skill set he's intelligent he reads defenses he makes good calls at the line of scrimmage and if he's protected he has the potential to be a multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback yeah, I do, do they have the right coaching in Chuck Pagano do they have the right GM there is Rob Chudzinski who actually I like as an offensive coordinator even though his head coaching job he did the Browns not good are those elements correct we don't know but we'll wait and but see this season and Andrew Luck was very very positive at the fan forum as was Dwayne Allen about the coaching aspects of it all loves Chuck Pagano we'll wait and see and look there's big big question marks on every other quarterback in this league Blake Bortles great stats last year great fancy stats last year but so often throwing from behind what's he going to be like in this offense next year developed another year more of a running game improved offensive line what's that going to do to him was it all flash from behind can he play in a more intelligent and from in front way Marcus Mariota, not dissimilar conversation, but he showed me flashes that showed he could be an all-time great. Oh, I totally agree. Hasn't he got the longest touchdown run by a quarterback ever? It's, it's something crazy. Like last year, I think it was something like 86 yards for a touchdown by a quarterback. I mean, incredible. He's, he's got wheels. He's got, he's got motion, as it were. But there are still those issues he's only, he's only a second year guy yeah, like, exactly. so much could happen exactly and Brock Osweiler who knows who knows he's played less games than Marcus Mariota so oh my that is unbelievable this is a four year is it a fourth or fifth year guy less games but he has sat behind Payson Manning for most of that time the so, most intelligent so is it going to be an Aaron Rodgers kind of situation where he learns a lot from Brett Favre did that on purpose <laughs> or will it be a, a situation where we'll see a guy come into the league a bit like Kaepernick he's, he's, he's tall he's big he's got a big arm but what else does he do is he gonna is he gonna crumble now for all of these divisions there is a question mark there, there no question mark but there are gonna be positions of strength and position of weakness for all of these divisions quarterback in this division in particular is a very much position of strength Wide receiver in this division is ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of disgusting how great this is. But I have a very clear three in mind. Oh, I, give them to me and I will tell you I think yeah or nay. I think there's no way that... I, I'd be surprised if you're any different to this. But it's three from three different teams. It's Harry Douglas, it's Will Fuller <laughs> and it's Dante Moncrief. <laughs> i tell you what, Dante Moncrief <laughs> would be my fifth wide receiver out of them all but look it's, it's Alan Robinson it's T.Y. Hilton yeah. it's DeAndre Hopkins yeah. it's incredible speed it's amazing catching traffic ability it's big plays it's the most if that was your trio of wide receivers you'd just just throw it up in the air you could do underarm throws and they'd catch it every time but the great the amazing thing is one of those goes out there's Alan Hearns and if another one goes out there is Dante Moncrief who has shown that he is a, a very, very good ball player. So, yeah, the, the three wide receivers are those three first. And the thing is, actually, you look behind them, you mentioned Dante Moncrief, Alan Hearns, but actually in Mark Eastley and Rashad Green, you've got two guys who are being very t- highly touted there. Yeah. Phil Dorsett, 
We're expecting a lot out of him in his second year. Will Fuller out of uh, out of the Texans as Will well. Will Fuller could be the really the option they need at the Texans, which then allows Cecil Shorts to act more as a slot guy, exactly what he wants to be. The question mark of wide receivers in this division is the Titans. It's not where they focus their energies, but in a tight, they've got a tight end to is worth talking about. And actually, pass catches in general in this division, because t- as if you're picking a single tight end here... It's Delaney Walker. I, uh, it's Delaney Walker. It's, that's the, who I've got as my tight end on a single tight end. I think it's Julius Thomas. Oh, get out. You are wrong. You are wrong, Will Gavin. Delaney, Delaney Walker's development since he moved to the Titans has been great. Yes. Two years, he's become a real threat. He's in an offense where he's the only guy. Julius Thomas has admittedly been in t- two great offenses, two high-scoring offenses, under Peyton Manning and then with Blake Bortles last year. And yes, he's had some injuries. But I think a lot of people who thought he was only a Peyton Manning guy, he proved that wasn't the case after coming back from injury last year. And I think from a physical perspective, he's great. And then Dwayne Allen, I think I have to agree with Neil Reynolds is due for a big breakout year this year see I've, I've been on the Dwayne Allen, Dwayne Allen train for a long long time but for yeah. me didn't you say he was going to be an all pro player last year he will be at one point in his career he will be <laughs> but if I'm picking one uh, tight end it's got to be Delaney Walker for me if you disagree if you're on the, uh, Julius Thomas get in touch at Gridiron on Twitter and explain why you agree with Will Gavin or dis- uh, or agree with me um on Delaney Walker but it's got to be Delaney Walker now running back's fascinating uh, I wonder right, if let me, we let me run the through same. the options let me run through the options yeah, yeah. in Lamar Miller you've got a guy who when used in Miami had great stats and great ability but he was underused now was that great ability because he was underused and therefore fresher or can he be a guy who carries 20 to 25 carries a game DeMarco Murray now that they've got an improved O-line in Tennessee, can he go back? I don't think he's ever going to be the Cowboys Murray of two years no. ago, but I think he will take a step up this year. And then he's got Derrick Henry behind him. Then you've got Frank Gore, who I want to pick just because he's Frank Gore and one of my all-time favourite players and the first jersey I ever bought, and I love him. You can have he him is as 87 the f- years old. You can now. have him as the fullback. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the promise of T.Y. Hil- T.Y. Hilton, T.J. Yeldon, and the one-two punch of him and the big man Chris Ivory I think eventually I've gone with Lamar Miller but there's real intrigue at that position in every team in this. do team. you know what I went with Lamar Miller and I've shoehorned Chris Ivory in as my fullback slash running back in a two fullback uh, two running backs can I have Frank Gore as my running backs coach yeah okay teaching them everything he knows about the game you can have that so I think we're kind of in agreement in that yes Fine. Let's, right. let's move on to the O-line. I actually, unlike the last time where we picked one full O-line, and when we talked here about there being positions of strength and positions of weakness in every division, the O-line in the AFC South is a big position of weakness across the board as yeah, far as I'm I, concerned. On the right-hand side, it's an absolute mess for me. I think, I, think, I think there are players there if you cobble together a line from different players. And obviously you're assuming that there'll be some chemistry between them. So let's just run through it. I'll tell you who I've got. Tell me if you differ anywhere. Okay. A left tackle, I've gone Dwayne Brown, although I felt bad for Kelvin Beecham. 
I have the friend of the show, Kelvin Beecham. I have gone someone else at left tackle. Okay, let's, I'll tell you what. Let me run through all of mine. Okay, okay. I've got friend of the show, Jack Muhort at left guard. Yep. At center, I've got Ben Jones. He was the best center in the division last season with the Texans, has now signed with the Titans. Alongside him at right guard, I've got Chance Warmack. A little of that is still based on ability and potential. I think he's good, not great, but I think he has the potential to be great. And then I've got Derek Newton. So I've got a pair of tackles from the, uh, from the Texans. An interior line, which goes Mewhort, Jones, Warmack, And I've got no one from the Jags, even though I like AJ Can and I like Kelvin Beecham. And I think if Luke Jokel gets kicked out to the right, he could be interesting as well. Okay, so I quite like Luan Taylor from the Titans. I think he had an okay season last that's, year. I that's think another it, one based on potential rather than I think ability, it is, but I think, but I think his season, he was a, the best of a bad bunch last season in the, on the Titans. Here's, here's my feeling on Dwayne Brown, why I picked him over him. Because Dwayne Brown, when he went down for the Texans, the difference in their team going into that playoff game without Dwayne Brown was palpable well, they missed him so much that he would be my pick well, for me I think that there's strength in the, on the left I've gone Jeremy, Par- uh, Jeremy Parnell from the Jags Jeremy Jeremy uh, Parnell from the Jags he had a good season last season backed up the season before uh, I've moved Dwayne Brown to the right uh, the right guard's uh, position right tackle I'm lost and uh, the centre I went for the same centre as you so I, I mean you're right. The offensive line is not a position of strength, but I think if you move, shuffle a few things around, and we've got a whole training camp with them, I think you and I will get them into shape. <laughs> <laughs> right. Defensive side of the ball. We're not going to pick a front seven like we did last time. What? Yeah, I know. Amazing, isn't it? Now, four, three of the four teams in this division play 3 4, and I think the pieces here are there for a 3-4 and the front three there are only three players it could be for me yeah but I think you disagree with me based on our earlier conversation and I think you're ridiculous well I've gone Vince Wilfork as the nose tackle and I've gone that because you love overalls yes there is that (laughs) and I also loved him on hard knocks but um, I think Vince Wilfork will bring Experience. I know. I know that JJ Watt and uh, Malik Jackson, who I've got either side of him, have got experience. But I think you need that. I think he's he's got nous. They don't they don't call it the nous tackle for nothing. I you know that's the, that's the worst joke you've it, ever made. It was awful. I know. Do uh, <laughs> so we so, need to get another beer in before we finish this off? I don't think we're gonna have time. Let's let's just get through it and we'll get go get some this. food. Uh, I've on JJ Watt, of course, as have I. Yes. I've got Malik Jackson, and I cannot believe, and Titans fans will agree with me, you do not have Jarrell Casey on your line. Why? Jarrell Casey is an all-pro-level player. He's the kind of player who, if I had to pick my all-defensive front from the entire league, I think I would go J.J. Watt, a centre of Aaron Donald and K1 Short, and I'd have Jarrell Casey. That would be my front four. I'm, I love Jarrell Casey that much. And Malik Jackson has the potential to really prove himself and I think could be great. Uh, <laughs> NFL UK have tweeted a picture apparently of me. Oh my God. We forgot top pocket news. Let's save it. Let's save it. Okay, okay. There was a piece of news today that came up after I'd printed every other bit of news off. 
and I was so desperate to get it in that I printed it off separately, went back to the office, printed it off, and I popped it in my top pocket to remember for in- the rest of the show. Incredibly, you put it on the table and said, oh, that goes in there during the show. So, so when, when Will says, oh, that goes in there, and you're all going, what goes in where, why? That's what he means. Okay, we'll go back to that. Okay, so... He's in your he's in your front three. That's fine. You know, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> right. Here is a photo from the end of the night. Now you'll remember that the end of the night we were sat on the right hand side, and I got my bag and everything together so I could run round the back to go and speak with Alistair Kirkwood. Sure. Yeah. Now they started taking photos, and I thought, well, I don't want to be in people's photos, so I'll wait to go round the back. Check out the creepy dude in the top right hand corner <laughs> of that photo. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. It's like it's like Andy from Little Britain. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things where they go, look at this spectral figure in the corner. You're like laughing at something, something as well. That is amazing. <laughs> that is so amazing. All right, we'll put that out on Twitter. That's one of the best pictures ever. Oh, oh that's got me going. Now, who's, who are your four linebackers? Because whilst, uh, whilst the front three, I think, are brilliant... My linebackers, I wasn't so sure. Yeah, on. I was. Uh, I was stretching with this. I I really like Brian Arakpo. I thought he had a very good season at. Uh, I mean, at I Washington. hate Brian Arakpo. Well, no, no, <laughs> I don't. no, no, I don't. Sorry, sorry, I just confused Brian Arakpo with Brian Cushing. I love Brian Arakpo. He is very much one of my outside linebackers. So Brian Brian Arakpo is is there for me. I've gone Paul Podslozny, and I've in the centre. In the centre, I've gone that because I think he had a very. I think. He's a guy that makes plays every single game. Okay. I've gone Jadavian Clowney. And no, I'll tell you what, I've gone Jadavian Clowney too. And I've gone that, that is purely on potential. He's had two seasons. Do you know of- what, for me, it's not even purely on potential. There were about five or six games last year where he looked monstrous. Like a top, like a top level defensive line. Now he plays an outside linebacker in this scheme, but I think he has potential this year to be a pro bowl type outside linebacker yeah. and I have no qualms putting him into our team yeah I mean I, I, all of, say all of and Clowney on the outside yeah and um, well I d- which is harsh a little bit on Whitney Merciless yeah yeah well but he was one that I was I was toying with because I thought he's had a very very he had a very good season last season maybe in a, in a better team he would have shown more and, and th- I've gone Telvin Smith. Okay. But I don't really know why. <laughs> I think I was kind of stretching for someone else. Right. I didn't want to pick Brian Cushing. I I my, my three middle linebackers that I have on my board are Brian I'm Cushing. I'm going three, four. Yeah, but the three guys who I had in, in the conversation were Paul Pozlosny, Avery Williamson, and Brian Cushing. Let's get rid of Brian Cushing because we both hate him. And let's have Avery Williamson... And Paul Poslosny. Poslosny brings that veteran leadership we wanted. Yeah, yeah. And Avery Williamson, I thought, had an excellent well, season last year. Will, will call it all. He, so. was, he was actually in the all-AFC South team for last season, AFC Avery Williamson, and deservedly so. Okay. All right. I, I like that we're on the same page there. Miles Jack could make that team next year. I believe in him that much. But well, I still think we need to pick a potential rookie um, that we, we would like to plug and play somewhere from every division. But I have an interesting conversation to have about that. But let's do corners first. I, I mean, for me, 
There's only two corners out there. Oh, okay. I had three. There's Fonte Davis, who I yeah, love. Yeah, absolutely. And I've gone Davin House. See, I've got Devon House, Vonte Davis. We did three corners last week, so this is fine. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. I thought Jonathan Joseph, in the second half of the season, don't forget, in the last eight games of the regular season last year, I the mean, Texans were the best defense in the league yeah. on scoring on yardage yeah, and everything yeah. else. And Jonathan Joseph was brilliant down that stretch. And if for our all AFC South monsters, he can carry that into next season, he's worth at least a consideration at nickel, if not actually playing corner and having house at nickel. So... I think we're good on that. Safeties yeah. I struggled with a little bit. Not for me. My strong safety, I had hands down no problem. Jonathan Cyprian. No, Mike Adams. Mike Adams of the... Okay. I love Mike Adams. Oh, I'm upset. No, oh, I really like Jonathan. No, I just... Uh, I, I feel like I've ought to bend to your will on at least one of these things. No, I, no, no, uh, no. I've been flexing my muscle, but... Well, not really. Mike, Mike, Mike Adams is for me the best player on that defense other than Vontae Davis last year and okay, I like to quote why? Jackson who we didn't mention I thought he I, I think is a strong safety in run support he's one of the best tacklers in the league I just think if we're going to play him as a pure strong safety and then have a proper high free safety he's the guy I want see for, uh, Jonathan Cyprian was is excellent red zone wise and we heard from uh, Andrew Luck today that red zone offence is completely different from other field offence and I believe that is the same with defence as well and I think Jonathan Cyprian has been was brilliant last year a couple of interceptions if I remember rightly a couple of pass breakouts I Here's like Jonathan Cyprian there what we should do I've just like this format is developing as we go along and that's fine uh, lots of hand gestures. That's fine. <laughs> there's a few. There's a few positions that we differ on. Let's put those to a Twitter poll. So our like, defensive line. I like that. Our strong safeties. Our tight end. And our tight ends. Let's put those all to a Twitter poll sure. from at Gridiron, and we'll ask people what they think. Who did you have at free safety? Oh, uh, Rashad Johnson. See, I loved Rashad Johnson in Arizona last yeah. year. That's why I love him. My problem is, is I loved him in an Arizona defense where he got to play with Patrick Peterson and with a honey badger. Well, my, my thought is he made them look good. <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> that is a stretch. My, uh, these are the other things I'm leaning towards. Tashawn Gibson, I know he's new to the division, uh, and he didn't have a great 2015, but he was one of the best free safeties in the league. I was toying with that, yeah. I think we probably put Rashad Johnson in above him this year but do not be surprised if next season if we remember that we did this and we do it again if Tashawn Gibson takes his place if yeah, he has Rashad, that year Rashad Johnson could have a massive season but do you know who the other guy who should be in consideration here is tell me now Jalen Ramsey because I believe he should be a free safety in this league not a corner I know they've just spent all that money on Tashawn Gibson but I think he suits the free safety role better than he does the corner role for the NFL and I'm probably going to be wrong on that I'm probably going to look silly but that's my belief. Okay, fine. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, the punter and the kicker, both from Indianapolis and were sorted. Yep, fine. Agree with that. McAfee and uh, Vinatieri, fine. Brilliant. Well, that's our All-AFC South team. We didn't put our All-AFC South team up on the Twitter at Gridiron, so we'll need to do that. Let us know what you think, and we'll put those questions to Twitter as well. So I'll just make a note of that now. Questions 
for Twitter. Very nice. Live writing. Excellent. You showed a man penning something on a piece of paper. Otherwise, we're all sorted. Yeah, great. Can we get some food? Yes, I'm starving. Do you know what I really want? No. A crunchy bar. Oh, no one, <laughs> a, no one now wants a crunchy bar. Look, no guys, one. follow us on Twitter, Agridine. Please do go and give us a rating on iTunes because it helps boost us up the ranks and gives us more listens and brings more people to our weird little church. We'll do another podcast in the pub in the not-too-distant future and we'll have an audience. I mean, I mean, should we do that? Should we wait and see what the response is from pub pod? If you would like us to do another <laughs> pub in the pod... Another pod in the pub. <laughs> You've already had one beer. <laughs> Another pod in the pub, but invite a little audience around. It doesn't need to be a lot of people, like 20 people. Let's do it. I'd love that. I know a pub in Tooting that would love to have us as well. Really? Gorilla. Gorilla. Oh, okay. uh, so let's do it. We could even host a, a game viewing and then do the pod afterwards. Who knows? Let's figure it out. It's an awful lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just... <laughs> but fair enough. Okay. So look, thank you very much for listening as always. Do go and check out sportstravelhorse.com. Only a couple of places left on our trip next year and it's going to be a banger. That's incredible, Subscribe, isn't it? on Twitter. Give us an iTunes rating. Ollie, any final thought? None. In which case, this has been The Gridiron Show. We're on the northern line going south, and we realised we didn't do top pocket news. <laughs> we need top pocket <laughs> news. Get to McDonald's. I bought Ollie a Big Mac. Thanks, mate. So hopefully the train isn't too loud. And the top pocket news is the Giants punter Brad Wing has signed a contract extension. Mate, I really thought it was going to be something amazing. And it's Brian Wing. Brad Wing. <laughs> you thought it was Brian. I'm reading it. Oh dear. trolley with your favourite brands on rollback at Asda. A 38-pack of Fairy Non-Bio Capsules was £8.50, now £5.75. And Lenore Gold Fabric Conditioner was £4, now £2.50. Big brands, small prices. Don't compromise. Asda. Save money, live better. Selected stores subject to availability. Lenore 1.925 litres. Ends 18th of March.